World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, here we are on Independence Day, and... Why we call it the Independence Day, the Fourth of July, all that kind of stuff, and great to be here. Had a had a late night at Sky High, and thank God for the people that came. You know, one of the, the amazing things that happened last night. I I'm, I made this comment last night. Nobody really seemed to get it but me, but that's okay. When when, the, uh, when we were able to uh, when Sky High came into our lives a couple couple three years ago, I think I've told the story to, to a lot of you that. Uh, we were up there for having one of the first meetings up there inside the building. And the Holy Spirit said to me that there hasn't been joy here in years because the old guy that lived there. You know, he uh, he was a, he was a widower and he was kind of homebound and all that stuff. And, you know, I think uh, I'm not sure, but I think there was a Masonic tent to that place up there and all that stuff. And when, when we went up and reclaimed it and we staked it and we went around and we prayed on it, we claimed that property for the cause of Christ, a joy returned up there. And we were in that, we were in a meeting in that, in that great room. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. And that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. As everybody's sitting around talking, buzzing, place was buzzing. Holy Spirit said to me, there hasn't been joy here in years. And then last night I saw something else that I, I was, I was sitting there. Uh, when a lot of people came, I mean, a lot, a lot of people, uh, 30, between 30 and 50 little kids. And I'm sitting around. And of course my grandkids were there, which is always, always a blessing. But other people brought their children, which is really, really good. And, you know, a lot of room to round up, round up at Sky High. And those little monkeys, they were, running, they were running everywhere doing all kinds of stuff. And the Holy Spirit said it to me, said it to me again last night. I said, man, there hasn't been child laughter up here in years. And I stopped and I thought about it. I thought about even after well, uh, we reclaimed that property for the Lord two, however many years ago, two years or three years. I wonder when was the last time that there were a bevy of 20, 25 kids running around that place, running around that property, playing hide-and-go-seek and everything. And it was just it was just kind of a poignant, joyful moment for me last night to see to see what the, what the Lord, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Now, sadly, well, uh, sadly, people don't understand. Can I, can I say this? Yeah, I can. Can I say this, Betty? Give me a thumbs up. <clears throat> I don't really want to camp here, but I just see I have an urge to say it. There are a lot of people who get jealous over the blessings of God in other people's lives. Yes, I, I, that, that was Vinny, that was a boom. Boom. That was a boom. And here's the truth: none of us really ever know anybody else's heart. The Bible tells us that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? And I'm just like you. I fight my carnal nature every day. And do you? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what causes arguments and fights here within the queue? Carnal nature. Jealousy. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody respects me. Me, 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 me. I, 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 me, 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 you, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. Somebody say amen. So I know I got at least one friend out there, right? Amen. 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 So, so we have to be really, really careful because, look, deep down inside, nobody knows my heart. I don't know your heart. I, I really don't. I don't. I don't know what's going on in, inside your heart. And I try to. I try to check my heart every day, Lord. If there's anything in me, anything in me, Lord, whatever, whatever that be, Lord, I don't. I don't. Boy, Lord, I don't want to embarrass you. I, I don't want. Uh-uh. Yet the, the reality of it is we look at other people and there are people who are jealous of the blessing the Lord's doing in our lives. And I, I can't tell you, I can't prove this to you because you don't know my heart and I don't know yours. But I just say, Lord, pour it out, whatever it is. Lord, fill that pond with water, Lord. Bring the people here, Lord. 
Bring the truth here, Lord. And see, a lot of people can't get, get I'm telling you some truth here this morning. A lot of you can't get by the jealousy of the material blessing that's fallen into land. I, I want you to know something. I don't get up and, <clears throat> Michelle and I don't get up and pray, name it, claim it, bless us, Lord. Give us more of this. Give, it just says, right now, it's just falling into our lap. But it doesn't just fall in my lap. I think about Steve Deck coming out here and Mark Trump coming out here. And Joe Island coming out here. And all the people who've come here. See, we have to have some place. We have to have some place to be able to go. To what, what, that's why they build churches. See, Because people have to have some place that they go. <clears throat> and I had someone say to me again last night, Coach, there's just a spirit here. There's just a spirit here. And I want all of you to know this. I'll give an account for what I did with that, with that blessing, that spirit. I will. <laughs> I will. I'm going to stand before the Lord. Not some board of directors, not to, no, no, me. I'm going to stand and give an account. So I think all of us, we need to be careful. I, I pray blessings, real blessings to flow into the life of Betty Perkins and Joe Allen and Jeff Klein and Tim Tuber and Mary Beth. And I pray real blessings fall into you. I'll never forget what I heard a wise man say one time. He said, do you think temptation is strong when you're poor? You wait till you're wealthy. And I thought, dude, boom, is that one ever true? See, huh? Because why? Different levels, different devils. Mm. I don't know where that came from, but I I thought needed to get that out of here on on Independence Day. Because why? Because I'm going to show you, pull up Romans 1. Pull up for me real quick, Spencer. I didn't number things together. I want to run down through this because I got to show you some, even here on the 4th of July, Independence Day, we had, we had fireworks were great last night, except you couldn't hear them. They were, I told you they were eye level. So we sat out in front of Sky High and we looked out over the lake and they, they were beautiful, but there was a sound delay. You know, the, the thing would flash, poof, and then it would be maybe 15 seconds before the sound would get to us. So the whole idea of sitting there and the bombs bursting in there, you, you kind of lose the impact of it, but it was great fellowship for those, those that came, appreciated everybody was there. But I was, I was reminded last night again, Romans 1. Um, here, I, I, put, I put a note down here today, okay? We have no long-term plan. Huh? Are you, are you looking at me? The church has no long-term plan. It, it has never entered the mind of the average. I could be wrong, Okay. It's never entered the mind of the average pastor. What's America going to look like in 15 years? Because many of them think we're not even going to be here, right? Right? We're not going to be here. And I'm sitting there watching those little rugrats run around up there thinking, man, these little kids here on Independence Day, these little kids are so dependent on me. They're dependent on me and what I do right now. And isn't it? The Bible tells us that my people, where there is no vision, the people perish. And perish doesn't mean die. Perish means to run around without any restraint, just out of control. Whether If you don't know where you're going, how do you know when you get there? I'm sitting there last night at 70 years old. Can you guys say that? 70 years old. Me? 70 years old? I used to be one of those little rugrats running around with my mom and dad. With their, they would all go out to the 4th of July with me. They'd be pounding their beers, and we'd be running around. My dad would be playing like a I used to. That was me just yesterday. And we got to where we are because, friends, there is no long-term vision in the American church. There is no long-term vision in the heart of the American. There is no, there is no long-term vision in the heart of the Christian. You can fight and you can argue with me if you want to. If there was, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be. Because we read in Romans 13, or Romans 1, and it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I can stop right there because we are. <laughs> we are ashamed of the gospel. They've taught us to be ashamed of the gospel. And it's the power. Not being ashamed. See, the gospel is powerless if you're ashamed of it. The gospel has no power if you are ashamed of it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of the God and to salvation to everyone that believes. Amen. Everyone. And if we don't share it, there ain't no power in it. And they say the Jew first. Now look, it ain't the 
Jew, Jew, Jew. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking to the Jews first because he was good. It'd be like God, the gospel is the power of God unto the Buckeyes, the Ohioans first, because that's where he was. That's where he was. It's to the people right here. It's to these people right here, not the Jews. It's the, to the Jew first and also to those other people that live down the street, to those people in the town over. It's also the power of God unto them. You see, again, we get focused on the Jew. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith. Wherein? Wherein is it revealed? Where is it revealed? For those who aren't ashamed of the gospel. That's where the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The just live by faith. But the wrath of God, oh, God loves everybody. Oh, really? Oh, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Wrath is revealed from heaven? In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it. Remember that song? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. The wrath of God, folks, the wrath of God is going to be revealed from heaven against all men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, we support it. Because when they, that, that it, because that which may be known of God's manifest, obvious to them, because God showed it to you. You're without excuse. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. A man's a man, a woman's a woman. Come on, dudes. Come on. Being understood by the things that were made. Even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they, me, you, Betty, Kevin, Tracy, Sherry, we are without excuse. Because that when we knew God, we didn't glorify this God. We weren't thankful. We became vain, self-centered, and focused in our imaginations. And what happened? Well, their foolish heart got darkened. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I don't know if you guys notice this. Is this amazing, the way the Lord gives me scriptures as I'm just rattling? Is this amazing? Folks, this is a gift. This is an anointing. Ain't nothing special about me. Professing themselves to be wise and saying men can be men and women can be women and transgenders and but getting educations, they became fools. They became idiots. What they do, they change the glory of the un, God. Ain't, un, God ain't corruptible. <laughs> no, no, they change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like they put statues up. Corruptible man and the birds. So they do the same thing for birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So therefore, God gave them up. God said, all right, you want to do that? Go ahead. Gave them up to their uncleanness, through the lusts of their own heart. Don't ever forget, it starts in the head, the heart, before it ever comes out. For Jesus said, take captive every... Hmm, he changed the glory of God in an image of a corruptible man, the birds, four footed beasts, creepy things. Wherefore, God said, Okay, I'll give you the cleanness, those lusts of your own heart, dishonor your own bodies between yourselves. And then what? They change the truth of God into a lie. They worship and they serve the creature more than the creator. He's blessed forever. Look around you. Well, my body, my choice. That's the mantra of the devil. And for this cause, for what cause? For what cause? Because they changed the truth of God into a lie. Worship and serve the creature more than the creator. For that cause, God gave him over to these vile affections. Hey, hey, Spencer, what's an affection? Sorry, folks. Independence Day, affection. Not affection. Not like you love somebody. A passion. Wow. Huh? Change a bent of the mind towards a particular object, holding a middle place between deposition, which is natural and passion. In a more particular sense, a settled goodwill, love, or zealous attachment. Mm. Desire, inclination, propensity, good or evil. Oh, my goodness. So God gave them over to vile inclinations and desires. 
because we all have those desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They change the truth of God into the creature, which was cause God gave him. And and the women did change their natural use unto that which is against nature. In other words, sex became about sex. Sex didn't become about the womb and reproduction. It became that which is against nature. Folks, you go to any place in the world and you watch animals and animals die for their babies. In America, babies die for their parents. Boom, Vinny. Boom. Started with the women. You noticing that? Started with the women. It started with the women. The death of women's liberation, the death of the women's movement has been what? Transgenderism. Now women are being seen that they can, that men can be a woman just as good as a woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So likewise, then, the men leaving the natural use of the women. Why they leave the natural? Probably why they leave the natural use of the woman. Who'd want to sleep with some of those ladies? Huh? Some of those witches. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. By the way, you ain't born this way. You're born with a propensity to sin. Y'all are. Uh, you want to tell me out there that you're born homosexual? Are you born a pedophile then? Uh, are you born a pedophile? God created you a pedophile, and you're just act, as long as you stay married to that little six-year-old, you're okay? Is that what you want to tell me? No. Men with men working that which is un- unseemly. Well, that's a soft word, isn't it? And receiving in themselves that recompense of the air, which was meat. Look at this, folks. The judgment of God comes so deeply inside them that that is who they become. They don't even identify as themselves anymore. They're now a transsexual. They're now a homo. They identify who they are by what they do with their sex organs. That's how what it means. uh, Receiving in themselves. That's that is the punishment. They believe that error. With me? I don't know how I got on this, but we'll finish. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, of course not. <laughs> you guys try sharing the truth with anybody? <laughs> no, no. God gave them over. Okay, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. To do those things which are not convenient. I always thought that was an odd word. I did. I don't think sodomy is convenient. You've got to be a worker of iniquity to do some of the stuff. They, then they were filled. See, it's a progression, folks. It's just a progression. After they did that, after God gave them over to the reprobate, look around, I'm going to show you a clip here. God gave them over a reprobate mind. Look what happened. They do those things which are not convenient. Cut off their boobies. Cut off, those, cut off their gonads, right? Put earrings in them, in their nose, right? Put, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. And then they got filled with all unrighteousness. They got filled with it, with fornication and wickedness and covetousness and maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbite, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. Despiteful, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things. See, this is the nature of man having been given over by God. God said, okay, do it. Go do what you want to do. Without understanding. Oh, wait a minute. Disobedient to parents. How many of you out there have a wounded relationship with a child? You don't have to say amen. Without understanding, covenant breakers. Without natural affection, killing your baby ain't even natural. For a woman not to love her offspring, are you kidding me? For a woman to be so selfish about herself. By the way, isn't that what the devil's, my body, my choice? Uh, I will be like God, I, 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 I. And so a woman gets pregnant and it's no longer about her. No. No, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy. Those people who do what we just read are worthy of death. Jesus does not love them. It's available to him. It's available to him. His love's available to him. 
But I want you to see this. Jesus now is focusing not on those who do those things, knowing that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do they do the things, but we have pride parades celebrating it. We have pleasure in them that do them. Hey, Vinny, that's a boom. That's a boom. That's a boom. And so we come back to where we were, where I started out. There's no long-term plan. We don't have any long-term plan because we think the end is here. And I was watching my little nippers running around, my little monkeys running around last night. And I was thinking, Lord, how many more Fourth of Julys are there going to be for them? How many more Fourth of Julys are there going to be? Is there going to be one next year? Somebody said that as they're leaving last night. I said, see you next year, Coach. I thought, I hope. I hope. Is there going to be one? Going to be a Fourth of July next year? Well, we know there'll be a Fourth of July on the calendar. Independence Day, our lives, our fortune, our sacred honor. Are we doing that? Do we have any long-term plan to stand up and push back against it? Do we have any plan? No, we don't. I want to show you real quick thing. Pull up that, pull up that uh, pride parade thing real quick. Then another one. I just got to show you, folks. This is going on. In it's. I'm sorry, I didn't number them. It's about number five down. It says pride parade. This is a new clipping. Okay. This is a new clipping. Uh, Folks, this is going on under the watchful eye of the American church. Right? And then as some some theology teaches us, well, coach, bad is, uh, worse is better. Worse is better. Coach, the worse it gets, that means Jesus is returning. Have you ever heard of a more selfish attitude than that? Jesus is coming. I'll be out of here. Screw these people. Hmm. Is that right? Is that, is that what our attitude supposed to be? Or how about the little kids being lured into this? So this is a three-minute comp- compilation. I didn't put it together, but I saw it this morning, and I thought it's worthy. Again, what is our long-term plan? Because, friends, remember when they called called a, someone a closeted homosexual? You remember that? Oh, he was a closeted homosexual. What did that mean? Well, it means that he lived in a time and a place where there are certain things you didn't do publicly. And the devil has flipped everything on its ear. And now who are the ones hiding in the closet? Isn't it amazing we call it a prayer closet? The homosexuals have come out of the closet. And the Christians have gone in to our prayer closets. Amen. Hmm. So I want you to watch this, and I want you to understand. I want you, as you, as you watch this, it's a three-minute video. And part of it's a, a wheel recruit, just healed in. It's part of that, but it's not. Just bear with me as we start to play this. And then ask yourself, how many children you know who could possibly be falling under this spell and the church not doing anything about it? So what's the focus, Coach? Long-term plan. We don't have any long-term plan. Go ahead and play it. children happens bit by bit quietly and subtly and you will barely notice it just like you worried they'll change their group of friends you won't approve of where they go at night to protest but when you'll be disgusted when they start finding things online that you've kept far from their sight we'll convert your children Where are the police? 
Totally not only do the same, but give hearty approval to those who do it. To us, whatever happened to shame, folks? Whatever happened to shame? There's no shame in the church. There's no shame in Christianity. No shame. We have no long-term plan. So at some point, I guess maybe this is kind of the theme of what I'm talking about today. At some point, we're going to have to get together and make a plan. Because... Failing to plan is planning to fail. What is the plan of them? Well, the American church would say, well, coach, we just want to get people saved. Okay, show me the plan. Show me the plan. How, how are we going about that? How are, we going to, how are we going about getting people saved? And then once we get them saved, are we training them in righteousness? You are, Coach. I'm You're doing, my doing best. it. I'm doing my best. Play number 12. I think I played this the other day. Hey, folks, is it is it legal? Boom. Is it legal to walk down the street naked? Is it, is it legal to do that? Is it legal to walk down the street naked in front of little children? Is it some somebody help me? Huh? It's is a little impossible, certainly. No, it's not legal. No, that's not legal. What's what's going on? Exactly. Well, we know what's going on. Indecent the average exposure. Christian has never seen this, and the church has totally ignored it, right? How long is this clip? Five minutes. I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't, I want to play, but I don't, I didn't know it was going to take five minutes to show that. No long-term plan. We've got to come up with a long-term plan. Okay, sit back here for a minute. Play, play Paul Harvey at 1.5 speed. I, I'm sorry to take this time to play, but it's pretty poignant. This is Paul Harvey in 1965. 1965. Good day, right? 1965 American radios, Paul Harvey took to the airways with a grave warning of the fate of America. Now, this thing is nine minutes, but we're going to play about, take us about six minutes to listen to this. Go ahead. At Runnymede, the Magna Carta was handed to King John on the end of a sword, denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation. Yet you know it was for us, the American people, to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property. Oh, yes, we did. With an innocent constitutional yeah. amendment, the 16th, which says that Congress will have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. And we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could wake in one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. 1965. Whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome... Spain and Greece and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith. That's just about our time in the New World. And then each decayed away. Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. 
when it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. When they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first, there appears to be nothing wrong asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more, so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger in order to pay the additional tax collectors, it has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. Now, some believe that the need is for a vigorous, strong man to arise on the scene, to regulate and regiment the affairs of men. Yet history tells us there have been several such once upon a time There was a nation great and powerful and good. She was suffering from the aftermath of war, from a depression. And then came upon the scene a leader, an idealist, self-confident, intolerant of criticism. Wise lady limited his early activities to combating the financial depression. Nobody could argue with that. But in a while, he began to regulate business and establish new rules to govern commerce and finance. Some of them in diametrical disagreement with the God-made laws of supply and demand. But anybody who disagreed with those new rules was promptly fired. The national debt mounted alarmingly. Whenever anybody tried to tell him that governments, even as people, can go broke when they spend beyond their incomes, he said they just didn't understand deficit finance. What do you say? Did he build on rock or on sand? I say on sand. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 B.C., internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. And Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years. Just by turning to the left, the world has gone in circles. Now either we will profit from the errors of their ways, or it follows us the night, the day, our children are going to have to relive the Dark Ages all over again. How come, after thousands of years of experiment, our new nation has come so far, so fast? All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God and my country and in myself, and in that order. Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand a free education. He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains, stretching away to the tall green mountains, and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, Thank you, God. Now I can take it from here. Well, that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes began telling us, we don't want opportunity anymore. We want security. We don't want opportunity, they said. We want security. They said it so often, we came to believe them. We wanted security. And they gave us chains, and we were secure. Suddenly, with our constitutional guarantees depleted, with our national character eroding away, with our tax laws penalizing those who dare to prosper, with workers concentrating on how little they can get by with instead of how much they can produce, suddenly we looked overhead one day to discover that the first thin moon in space was a Russian accomplishment, that free men dragging their feet had been outdistanced by slave workers dragging their chains, and we were sore afraid. Perhaps this was a disguised blessing too. Maybe a dramatic accomplishment by this Cold War adversary was necessary to get us off our dead centers and back to work again. If we can revive in ourselves, then in our youth, something of that basic American's creed, the horizon has never, ever been so limitless. For man stands now on the threshold of his highest adventure of all, his first faltering footsteps into space. Twenty years from today, half of the products you will be using in your 
everyday living aren't even in the dictionary yet. We've got it made. If we just keep on keeping on, we've got it made. And if we don't, we will follow those other great nation states of history into the graveyard of ignominious oblivion. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve. Mm. For ourselves and our posterity, right? Huh? Huh? Wow. 1965. 1965. It's like he's reading from Romans 1. Amen? So we don't have a long-term plan. And I, I, Liberty Mel came last night. I don't know if she's in here today. Look, I don't care if you're in here today. If you're sleeping in, God bless you all sleeping in. But Liberty Mel hung, hung around after the, that event last Saturday in, down in uh, Cambridge to try to see exactly what the plan was for all the leaders. Is there, is there a plan? You go to Clay Clark event. Is there a plan? Do you walk away from a Clay Clark event with a plan? Do you, do you, do you walk away? When you walk away from your church, your Sunday morning faithful attendance at church, you walk away with a plan. Does anybody have a plan beyond next week? Anybody? Is there any vision? You know, the Bible tells us that where is the vision of people perish. And as I said before, the picture in that in that scripture is the picture of a horse without a bridle in his mouth. A wild stallion where there is no where there is no bit in your mouth, where there is no halter in your mouth, the horse just runs wherever he wants to. My daughter got a new dog. My daughter got a new dog. And they got one of those shock collars. You guys know what a shock collar is? How many times can you yell, uh, what's her name? Fern, Fern, hey, Fern, Fern, no, Fern, 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 come here, Fern, Fern, hey, Fern, no, Fern, no. How many times can you do that? And so we said, all right, zap, zap. We need a shock collar. We need a stinking shock collar. What's it going to be? Kid people parading naked in front of children in public and not a peep from the pulpit other than they're lost and we have to get them found. Well, unfortunately, those guys parading in that parade are going to rule over my grandchildren. As long as there's peace in my time, right? Peace in my time. Come on in, Mel. I got. I could go on, but it's seven thirty-eight. Go ahead, Mel. Yeah, no, I, I stayed, and it was really for me the best part of the festival. And last weekend at the festival. Last, yeah, and um, but they didn't come up with a plan, but they came up with next steps. I mean, you're not in two hours going to come up with a plan. So I think that you know identifying a couple of next steps is a good start. Amen. We have to do that. We have to. Get, we have to. Right here in this group. Look, I'm going to tell you this. There ain't nobody in America doing what we do here. There's nobody doing it. Nobody doing it. We've got to get a strategy. We have to get a plan that we can get others to organize. Rather than just fire hosing everybody about how bad it is, we have to get a plan. We've got to do something. We have got to capture my grandchildren's generation. We've got to capture them young. Why are they after the children? Because the children, we know, children are our future. Of course, we get it. But we don't get it. We don't get it. We don't get it. George. Yes, Coach. Thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate Thanks for coming, coming out George. there. Yeah. Thanks. And also, um, can you please put those, those naked men in the chat? Because yeah, it'll be in the chat. fire hose is not the word. Okay. Thank you. Friends, look, men are parading naked. <clears throat> That's no pride. That is no pride. What, is it just me, Tracy? If I were to walk in your house, which I wouldn't do, but if I were to walk in your house and, and you are in your underwear, let's say, or you're naked or whatever, uh, isn't your first reaction to cover yourself? What happens to people who who parade naked. That goes against every natural instinct. That's how we know they're under the influence of the evil one. 
They've lost their stinking mind. He's given them over to a reprobate mind. In fact, you would hear these same guys probably if it's in a bar, you're sitting at a bar, they'd probably say, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And yet they walk out there with their ding-dongs clanging. And we, what? The people applauded? We're sick. We're sick. Tim, come on in out there. You guys started it all out there in Oregon. Go ahead. So uh, I went and saw the movie Sounds of Freedom last night. Yeah. I Because I'm not in a church and I'm not pastoring right now, I didn't know what to do. So when everybody was walking out, it was packed out last night. I stood at the door and people were walking out. And I said, listen, guys, if you don't know what to do, check out uh, uh, Coach at Pass Assault Ministries. <laughs> I, because I didn't know what to do. So I said, check out. Past Assault Ministries. So when I got there, I was outside going to my car, and I saw a guy I knew, and I told him what, who you were, and I said, I don't know what to do. I feel hopeless. Uh, I don't have a platform anymore. Mm. So I said, there's a guy by the name of Ohio Brett that will do fundraisers. So the lady on her phone looked up Ohio Brett, and she goes, oh, this is the guy here? And I said, yeah, that's the guy. And Past Assault, this is all the codes that got Sued by the Supreme Court. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, so we need to raise some funds. We need to do something. I don't know what to do. Mm. Coach, I felt helpless last night for the first time as a leader. I didn't know what to do. Tim, we, we can't let this continue, man. No, we, but the only, the, the only thing I could say was watch Coach, and we're, <laughs> we're going to do something. And Amen. one of the guys uh, there said, well, Tim, what are we doing? I said, I'll contact you. Give me a three or four days, I'll get a hold of you. So, Coach, I didn't even know we were going to talk about this. I, I got on this morning because I was going to ask you, Coach, we got to do something. <laughs> we do. We have to do something. Because we got to do something. Friends, listen to me. I, this is, I can't, God, Lord, help them to see. Help us to see, Lord. Well, the problem we have, and Mel could, Mel could talk about this probably better than anybody else. When, when you go to that meeting, people have their own ministries and they're focused on their own ministry i get it right there's a pride element involved with it there's a financial element involved i get it okay i get it i get it but what we don't understand is there are people who are not part of past assault ministries who could help us win the battle or wait a minute we here at past assault ministries could help them win their battle we could help them win their battle if they're, battle, if they're having a battle with a school board, I don't know, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they need a thousand phone calls, why, we could help them. We could help them do that. But they got to let us know. Oh, and by the way, when we do that, now next week, we have a fight against Drag Queen Story Hour in Mansfield, Ohio. Will you people down in Cincinnati, will you make calls to Mansfield, Ohio? This is so easy. It's so hard. It's so easy and so hard. And we could pick one topic a week and we could begin to roll over. The, anybody think I'm wrong? With a blessing and the anointing of Almighty God. That if we begin, I don't care what it is, if we bombarded them, if we really had the passion in ourselves to rescue our children, we would do more than just watch Coach Dave live. We would go do Amen. something. We'd go do something about it. And that's what Tim's talking about. Tim, so we need, Chad, you out there listening? Look, we need strategy sessions. We need to get together regularly. That's what, God bless Liberty Mel. She is so faithful to try to get us to play together with the Liberty Action Network. They organ. They don't run plays. They organize plays. Everybody call here. Everybody send an email here. Everybody make a phone call here. Just This is so easy. Well, I, can I tell you why we can't do it? We're jealous. Boom. We're jealous. My my issue is more important than yours. Huh? Well, how come you're helping him? I've been doing this for 20 years. Nobody's ever helped me. Um, There's a new day dawn, baby. There's a new day dawning. 
we're going to have to get involved if we're not if we want to win. Glenn. Yeah, I agree. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, each of us live in a community. We, we live in. We can infiltrate the community that we live in. Glenn, we could do right. it in churches. We have people who actually go to church. Exactly. So, so we can sit around and complain and say, "Oh, look at this, and look at what's happening here," and you know, uh, or we can begin to infiltrate locally. All right, and then past the salt becomes our anchor. It becomes it becomes where we go to get energized. But but we can we can be active locally. We're right where we live, but we have to do something. You have to figure out locally what you can do. All right. Instead of just complaining, just just be active. Amen. And organize, right? Huh? Come on, man. Come on. Look, the Holy Spirit works through people. The whole friends, I'm telling you this. If you go to your prayer closet and you expect the Lord to do something, I'm going to promise you this. He's going to do it through a person. So, oh, coach, all we need to do is pray about it. Okay. Pray what? Did he send somebody? Oh, huh, that's interesting. Just pray that he sends somebody. All right. Hey, Lord, here I am. Send me. We don't have that attitude, do we? You know why we don't have that attitude? Because you're going to be hated of all men. You're going to be, your family's going to leave you. Your wife's going to be mad at you. You don't have to say amen. They're going to throw you out of your church. Your pastor's going to stop taking your calls. He's not going to take your emails in, right? Right? That doesn't matter. God works through men. And he promises that if you let him work through you, they're going to all hate you. They're going to all hate you. Judah. Sorry, Jack, I missed you. Come after Judah, hey, Jack. Hey, Coach. Good stuff. Um, Thanks. Just uh, just sending this out there. I know some, I'll mention it and people are going to get butt hurt. And they're going to be, oh, man, Judd, Judd, I can't believe you said that. And Go ahead, blah, man. blah, say blah. It. Say it. But you know what? I'll say this. I've been on a phone call last four weeks in a row, and uh, it's hope. And it's action, and it's a plan. I've been on with uh, uh, Pastor Leon Benjamin. Mm. And um, he's doing... Uh, he calls it basically boot camp. And it answers the question that you talk about is who's organizing? What are we doing? <clears throat> and it, center, it centers around, uh, here's where people get butthurt. Uh, General Michael Flynn's book called Fifth Generation Warfare. And that book, when people read it, you're going to look at him in a completely different new perspective because he actually diagrams lays out an exact game plan and in it it talks about at the end understanding at the local level how to execute who to coordinate with who to do it with and how to develop teams to do it and i've never seen anything like this and it's in an instruction manual and he put it out for the Christian army to go out and mobilize, organize, and be unified in terms of taking back the country. But anyways, I can't promote it any more than I possibly can, but fifth generation warfare is an introduction to uh, psychological operations and what they've been doing against us and how to defeat it. Mm. Um, so anyways, I'll just throw it out there. Jeb, I thought he was a Luciferian plant. That's what the media wants to tell us. Luciferian plant. Yeah, except he, he doesn't read children. And, you, and you, say, you, say, you say he's got a good plan? This is a executable plan better than anyone I've actually seen lay it out. And mm. in the end, it talks about what we have to do at the local level to execute, to take back our local cities, and to take down the system, basically. Boom. Mm. Judah, I got to, I got to check, phenomenal. I got check that out. Got to check that out. Because hey, I, I'm sorry, little, I'm a little uh, thin-skinned. I'm tired of all of you out there throwing darts at me 
because I happen to mention General Flynn and that he's one of them and he's one of the blood families. And I just got to tell you something. At some point, we're going to figure out who's on our team and who's not on our team. Well, if he if he if he's not on our team, he just wrote a book on how to take down the deep state and how to win back America. The Ezelbub cannot it, cast out it, the Ezelbub, can he? It, the problem is is the problem is most people are so lazy they won't pick it up and actually read it because they'll be like, oh, he's trying to make money off a book, and I'm oh. like, it's a book, but you can also download it for free. So the dude's basically it, giving that- it away. Jed, is it possible that General Flynn, pick anybody, Clay Clark, pick any of them. Is it possible that they're that they're they're awake, but they still got sleep in their eyes? They don't really see it all. That their Christianity isn't as deep as many of us here are. Is that a possibility? You think? That's a total possibility. But yeah. you know what? Saul became Paul too. You know? Yeah, he did. Sure did. Sure did. Thanks, Jed. Appreciate it. Who did I say was up? Oh, Jack. Go on, Jack. <clears throat> Jack's got that 30-second delay all the time. Go ahead, Jack. I can't. I can't get on. My internet just crashed. I hear yeah. you. We hear you. We hear you. Oh, okay. Okay. Look, uh, just quickly, uh, silence is consent. We go through this all the time. You don't have to be an orator like like Paul Harvey. He, he was great, but you don't have to be that. One of my heroes, one of my all-time heroes is Francis Marion. Anybody know who Francis Marion is? He's the Swamp Fox. He didn't have a big battle. He didn't get a big statue. He didn't get a big following and an army. And he came out of the swamp, whacked a whole bunch of them, ran back in the swamp. And he was terrified them. He terrified them. He didn't, he didn't have this great parade. He didn't have a big church. He didn't have, he came out, whacked them, went back in the swamp. Whack them over and over, over and over. You got to keep. And so it's it's not about being uh, having this big event. We can't all do that. You you put on some wonderful stuff, Coach, and it's big enough that it draws people. But little things. We need a list of little things that, no matter how silly it seems, little things can be really effective when you poke the right person or the right group. Or whatever. So we need to have little that list foxes, of silly things. Little foxes that spoil the vine. I'm with you. Dale, go. Yeah, then how do you eat an elephant? One Amen. bite at a time. Dale, then Eileen. Go, Dale. <clears throat> and Coach, not only on Sunday did I preach out of that Jeremiah chapter 12, 16 through the end there. Uh, I also, and asked, you know, it was kind of just off the cuff, but about this, knowing that that video went out, we talked about it. And I said, all right, we got several different parishes. You guys call them counties. Who will call their sheriff in their county and ask them what will their department do in a response to to that type of scenario? So we're going to find out because that's the homework this week. Because, mm. it, listen, you can't solve it all in a day. But you know what? We're going to find out where our sheriffs stand on this and what would their what would their officers do in the midst of this. And then you know what I'll do next week? I'll have another group of people because brother, you know, and I know if them cops will stand by and do nothing, brother, we're, we're going to have to do their job, right? We're going to have to do their job. But if you have a good local sheriff, you can keep that garbage at bay. So Dale, I remember one of the uh, gay pride parades I went to in the early two thousands. There come this uh, girl walking down the street, Boobs just a bouncing, just stop, just bouncing. And there's a cop standing about five feet away from me. And I walk over to that cop and I said, sir, that's against the law. And he said, we've been told not to enforce it. Boom, there you are, see, there you are. So the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if we just hide our eyes from it, well, your eyes will be pure, but they're going to get your kids. They're going to get your grandkids. Eileen, come on in. Thank you, Coach. Good morning, everyone. Uh, First of all, regarding the sheriff, we talked to our sheriff and we asked him, especially with all these new gun laws coming down here in Michigan, what are you going to do? And he said, I don't respond to hypotheticals. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, don't worry. We're going to go. We're, <laughs> we have somebody running against him. Uh, but what I was going to say is I talked to John Brokoff the other day, and he's doing better. Uh, but one thing that I took away from his book and why he did what he did um, was the passion, the fire in his belly for the, for that baby that he identified with. And we saw that in Storms, the Storm of Free, the Song of Freedom, is that um, that Tim identified, the Homeland Security agent, Jim Caviezel, identified with the child. And even his wife said, it's as if she is my own. Mm, And I think until we get to cross that threshold, and even in the book, Think and Grow Rich, it says you've got to have that fire in your belly. And unfortunately, we need to let get that fire reignited. Amen. As if it was your own child. It'd be better to put a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the deepest part of the ocean. And let him do that to that kid. Boom. That's, that's what the Bible says. Clay. God, we're running out of time. I took too long this morning. Well, I, there's th- uh, over 100 people in here right now. And if if all of us take three or four people to see Sound of Freedom, that's at least one little thing that we can do. And I'm telling you, that movie, I feel like God is really working on getting this movie out in Hollywood. It shows these little kids going into this room and these people taking these little innocent kids and unbuttoning their shirts and fixing their hair and putting lipstick on them so they can sexualize them. Okay. So right here, see this? You know what this is? This is the size of Jim Caviezel's stones. Mm. Uh, that's the size of one of them. That dude's laying it on the line, baby. He's laying it on the line. And the least we can do is spend $7.90 and go see it and take somebody with it. Maybe your pastor. Maybe your pastor, right? Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it's so deep. It's so deep. Who ha- Myra hadn't been in here. She'd been waiting all day to get in here. Go ahead, Myra. So, oh, coach, I took my hand down. I'm not ready anymore. Go ahead. No, she's not there. She's still there. Got to be there. Glenn, your hand's still up. Nope. Sorry. (laughs) Glenn's hands down. Jack, your hand's still up. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Sorry. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Dale, Dale, when before you call the sheriff. Anybody that's going to do that, before you talk to the sheriff, you need to look up very carefully and know the exact law you're trying to get him that's to right. enforce. Well, hey, you folks, just, look, this is, I'm sorry, Jack. I'm, I'm with you, Jack. Look, hey, Chad, I don't know if Chad's out there. Chad may be sleeping in the, whoever's sleeping in the, Folks, we got we to gotta do this. We got to stop talking. We have enough people right here in this queue to make a difference. I got invited. By the way, Mike, I, I'm sorry, Mike Spalding's event's coming up. I got to talk about that. I support that. We're going to go be part of it. They're having a, they're having a big thing over here in in, uh, in uh, the Newark, Ohio area, bringing people together. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of just bringing people together without a plan. I'm sick of it. I'm, <clears throat> I'm sick of it. What the definition of ignorance is? Somebody said, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Uh, that's the definition of ignorance, isn't it? That leads to frustration. Insanity, coach. Insanity. And insanity. Doing the same Thank thing you. over and over and expecting a change. Yep. And that's what we're doing over and over and over and over. If things are going to change, we're going to have to change things. And if things are going to be changed, it's going to have to be changed through people. And if we're going to come in here, me, I'm talking to me, come in here every day day and rant about this stuff and not do anything about it. I'm not just a blowhard. Just a big blowhard. It's all I am. I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I want to, we, we can strategically get just us, just us. I wonder, sorry, I got it, huh? I wonder how many have actually sent a letter into the Supreme Court for the Brunson brothers. I wonder how many actually did that. Hmm? Because, see, we don't follow through. It's life and death for the other side. They play like their whole life depends on it because it does. And we twit our thumbs. 
Maybe Betty, maybe Betty will do it for me. Betty, are you going to send Louisa? Betty, will you send one for me too? Yeah, come on, you know I'm telling you the truth. It's Independence Day. Let freedom ring to, to, for ourselves and our posterity. We pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor for who? Our posterity. It's all about our kids. See you tomorrow. God bless you.